This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Finally, somehow, the podcast has returned, um, just like Palpatine. But hopefully, we'll have a bigger impact uh, than he did than he did uh, in that movie. Uh, I'm your host, David, and I'm joined tonight by Andrew. What's going on? And Marisha. How's it going, everybody? And like I said, it's been a while uh, since we've been able to get an episode out. So there's been a lot happening in the nerd universe, but we picked a couple things we just really want to talk about. Uh, for this episode. For one, we're going to talk a little bit about the Batman, but unfortunately, Andrew and Marisha have not been able to see it. That's okay. I'm going to do a sort of non-spoiler discussion about it, and there's some things to discuss around the movie that do not spoil it for those two, and that they can actually participate in the conversation. Um, I'm sure you've seen all the memes about the Nirvana song, at least, so uh, we can at least talk about Nirvana. Uh <laughs> We're also going to talk about the Strange New World trailer and the casting of the young James T. Kirk. And we are going to talk about the Miss Marvel trailer. Uh, we would talk about Moon Knight, but we're actually saving that for our YouTube channel. Go check us out on YouTube at the Science Fictionary, where we will be doing weekly episodes reviewing the Moon Knight episodes. I'll just say for now, I'm liking it. Uh, how do you guys feel about Moon Knight? Just... One sentence, like I just did. It's intriguing. It's very That's a word for it. My kids are a little horrified, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> no, I'm really enjoying it. It's um, the first episode. I loved the first episode. Um, I really liked it. The second episode felt like it took it kind of took it a minute to get going, but once it did, it was great. Um, awesome. I just I'm ready for it to I'm ready for it to get going. Like I I, I want to know more. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. But uh, we'll delve deeper into that on the YouTube channel. Which by the time this podcast is out, there should already be some episodes on the YouTube channel for you to check out our reviews of, and those will keep coming weekly. Uh, but I'll start us off with just a little bit of Batman talk. So, like I said, you guys have been able to see it, but I was able to go see it opening weekend. Um, I thought you might have. Yeah, and well, I live next to a theater, right? <laughs> so you know, I was, I was able to go. actually very close to a theater, but I was also working, you know, fourteen hours a day. So yeah, I don't blame you. Um, the cool thing about this movie is that it's not like a Spider-Man No Way Home where you have to go see that opening weekend to avoid the spoilers. Right, right. You know, there's nothing. There was nothing like really big that like you needed to avoid being spoiled i hope have you guys managed to avoid spoilers though i just haven't really been on the internet so. yeah i haven't seen a whole lot of spoilers for it okay let me ask you this did you see the deleted scene that was released or no, no i did i didn't watch it uh because i didn't know what the context of it was so i didn't watch it mm -hmm. that's probably 
the right move. So do you guys even know what the Alita Cena is, or are you guys been able to avoid that? No, I, I pretty much completely avoided it. That's great. Good for you. We won't talk about it anymore. We'll just talk a little bit about the movie. I'll say I really, really liked it. I think you guys are really, really going to like it. Um, it is very dark mm-hmm. and intense. Uh, intense is definitely the word I would use for it. Not really like scary, but it's, it's definitely a thriller, which I really enjoyed. Um, pretty much everything you thought was going to be the movie is the movie. Like it's folk. It focuses on the detective detective work. Um, it's a more realistic take on Batman, et cetera, et cetera. And it did some really cool stuff that subtly set up a larger universe while still keeping a very tight contained story. If we never got a sequel to this movie, I, it would be okay, hmm. which I really appreciate. Yeah. There is definitely I think there's something to be said for that. Um cuz in some ways I feel like DC's been so desperate to have its own MCU that sometimes they haven't done a good job with self-contained stories. So I'm glad to hear that they've kind of gone the direction where they have a, you know, told told a good story that 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 is more self contained than some of the other things they've done. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is. It's a very good story. Right now, I'd probably call it my favorite Batman movie. That's uh, awesome. Really? Well, Even I have beating. to say, I'm kind of I'm I'm intrigued because I was really excited about the first trailer, and I got gradually more disenchanted the more trailers came out. And so by the time it came out, I was like, who even cares? Um, <laughs> And so, I mean, I, I could have even gone to see it while I was in Gulfport, but I slept instead. <laughs> so right. now I'm regretting my decision. I'm thinking maybe I should have done done made a different call. Yeah. Well, well, like I said, it's it's not that kind of movie that you have to go out and see right away. Um. So it, it's it's don't beat yourself up too much about that. Um. There's nothing that's like earth-shattering about it but that's mm-hmm. what I, I enjoy about that nothing earth-shattering yeah yeah about it it's just a very good movie how did you like the aesthetic it looks like they kind of the trailers at least sort of had a really distinct aesthetic going mm-hmm. so did you feel like they sort of had the same look in the movie that that they kind of indicated they were going for in the trailers or was it a little, something a little different oh it was definitely the same look but i, I really liked that a lot the cinematography was interesting and different and it felt like a very different movie just based on the the aesthetic uh the decor the design of the characters in the city it it, Mm -hmm. gotham city really felt like a character again which i think was missing from stuff like the nolan trilogy except for batman begins um well that was that was kind of my question for you was what did you think about gotham the way they showed gotham this version of gotham I loved the way they showed show this version of Gotham through the design, the citizens, and the sort of streets we got to see. Very street level. We got to see a lot of stuff like that. I really appreciated some of the other sets we got to see. You know, we got to see like the Iceberg Lounge, the the nightclub, and we got to see some cool rooftops shots and mm-hmm. and gritty like messed up apartments, and and we got to see. A little bit of Arkham and and things like that, and it felt like Gotham really was a character. And awesome. in fact, I would say Gotham, Gotham as a character, heavily played into the plot of the movie. 
especially towards the end. Yeah. Which was really cool to see. As for the aesthetic, yeah, they had a theme with the color, with the red and everything like that. But they didn't overdo it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't like just red everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Batman Begins is a little too yellow, in my opinion, right? Yeah. Uh, this wasn't too red. It felt very grounded. Uh, I don't like the suit personally. It's not bad. I don't. I don't hate it. It's just I really hope he gets an upgrade in the next movie. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how I felt about the suit. That you know when they started showing it off, I was like, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm not. Not super sold on it. But yeah, I, I do hope, and surely if they go forward with a sequel, they will. I don't know, have yeah. we ever done two consecutive Batman movies, even in the same world that did the exact same suit? I don't think so. Uh, I think even, well, from 89 to to Batman Returns, they changed the logo. And from Dark Knight to Dark Knight Rises, I think they're like very, very minor differences. Yeah. But that's, that'd be the so most it'll be nice if to see, I'm sure if they come back for a sequel, they will tweak the design. Yeah, I, I think they will. And I'm excited to see that. That was a big part of this movie was there were a lot of moments where I was like, oh, I don't really like that, but I see where they're going with it and I'll be okay with it when it gets there. I can imagine that this Bruce will turn into a Bruce that I really, really enjoy seeing and that this Gotham will become that, this Gordon will become that, this this Selena Kyle will become that. Because it's it's still very early in his career, of course. Like I said, it's what yeah. you think the movie is, it kind of is. It's, it's Batman early in his career and it's dark and gritty and stuff like that. Um, I think Robert Pattinson gave an excellent performance. I really, really liked him, especially as Batman. His Bruce hit or miss for me mm-hmm. i don't hate it it's not my ideal interpretation yeah. but i could see that i could see that bruce growing into the kind of person that i want him to be but his batman is absolutely incredible awesome well that was actually my next question was how did he do as bruce wayne because most of what i've heard is people talking about how well he did as batman but I've heard, just haven't heard a whole lot about how he did as Bruce Wayne. It's a very, without spoiling it, it's a very emo sad boy, Bruce Wayne. That, I mean, that's kind of what I, I think I expected. Uh, that's kind of I mean, what, what I, you get even just from the like stills that they showed. It's like, yeah. I saw that and I was like, okay, like yeah. let's sell this guy as a playboy. Oh, that's what all the women are after. You know, right. it was kind of like... The thing. <laughs> I could see him growing into that. Right. Right now, he's he's very, very dark and like edgy, almost to a comical point. But I think Robert Pattinson does a good enough job that it doesn't become comical. Mm-hmm. I mean, the memes speak for themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. Something in the way, like I genuine, like I don't think that the way they played it up, it's like I don't think they just chose that Nirvana song as a theme. I can genuinely imagine imagine this Bruce Wayne just listening to that on repeat. Um, <laughs> it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings, like just dark and stuff like that. Um, but I really liked it. His Batman was cool. His line de- delivery was great. His relationship with Gordon was great, and 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 Jeffrey Wright did a fantastic job. I loved Gordon in this. Gordon is pretty much like the the second character. Hmm. It it is it is a Batman and Gordon movie. They're partners. And I, cool. I love yeah. seeing that. Yeah. 
they have great a great back and forth. Robert Pattinson's Batman. What I really liked about him as Batman is that he wasn't entirely humorless. He didn't make jokes, but he how do I I don't want to spoil anything too much, but he he would sort of point out things that were funny. Mm-hmm. If that makes if if that makes any sense, like he would point out irony or stuff like that, and it just came off really fun, a really good delivery. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go too more into that because I'm thinking of funny lines I could tell you about, but I don't want to spoil any of it because it's so good. <laughs> I loved the riddles in this movie. Uh, I loved watching Batman figure them out. I loved hearing the riddles and being like, oh, I know, and then looking over at the person I was watching it with and going, this is the answer. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was, and I was like, yes. <laughs> win. Um, Nerd win. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so cool that I figured that out. I'm totally Batman. I could totally be Batman. You could. I am literally Batman. You could um, 100% be Batman, David. Thanks. So, I'm assuming you didn't kill anybody since you're not like um, <laughs> yeah. all put out about that. He did not kill anybody. Okay. I was he expecting him says to... says in the movie, I don't use guns. He's like, I don't use guns. Because he doesn't use guns. No, he does not kill anybody. Not even like accidentally. He doesn't like kill them by blowing up a barrel that's standing next to them or anything <laughs> like that. He, he, yeah. he doesn't kill people. We don't really hear anything about... He doesn't like go on a monologue about, about his like motivations you know mm-hmm. he, you just he just kind of d- is and you kind of infer it and I, but in a good way i really liked it mm-hmm. so he never says like i don't use guns because guns are the enemy's weapon and i will not fall to that level he's just like one time gordon pulls out a gun and he's like no guns and that's it that's all you get is that and yeah. but then i like but gordon's like i'm gonna use my gun <laughs> So yeah, he does not kill people. So it's it's a really cool interpretation of Batman. In fact, I think it might be the first ever Batman in a movie that doesn't kill somebody. Because hmm. even like Christian's ba- Christian Bale's Batman, there's that like I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you, and then like lets Ray Ghoul <laughs> die. So. Right. None, nothing. I don't know why creators are obsessed with having their Batman kill somebody. I don't get it. But that's just me, and I I've been on my rants before so yeah batman doesn't kill people um and it's really really great to see that in this movie i loved the detective story and that's why i would call this my favorite batman movie it's a it's a really good detective story with a mystery that unravels and you get to really go along with it and figure it out and you hear the riddles and things like that not even just the riddles just like you hear bits of information that if you're really paying attention, you can put the pieces together yourself mm-hmm. as it goes along, which is great. And also, I think the reason this is – I would call this my favorite Batman movie is because of all the comic book inspiration it takes. It draws a lot from a lot of different places and that, that I can see very clearly. It's And I, I've thought about this from the beginning, just from the, what we saw. I, I had guessed that it would take heavily from Batman Earth 1. And it definitely does. Alfred is basically Alfred from Batman Earth 1, which is really cool. It takes a lot from the Arkham video games, even. You can mm-hmm. see where it took stuff like that, which, in my opinion, that's the the definitive version of Batman. So that was awesome. Took a lot from Earth 1. Took a lot from Long Halloween. Took a lot from Batman Hush. Took 
all all sorts of, a lot from Batman Year One, all sorts of different inspirations to to come together to create this Batman. Again, this is not my ideal interpretation of the character, but I think he's gonna get there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that's that's there's something to be said for a character that has a, somewhere to go, you know, because otherwise it's easy to kind of become stagnant you know then, then you yeah. fall into the green arrow trap of oh he doesn't want to be a vigilante anymore yes he does no he doesn't yes you know it's like <laughs> yeah. there's only so many places to go once they become the character that you everyone sort of has in their head so like yeah, that's always kind of a there. balance there between like how long does it take them to become that character and like do we drag it out too long and now mm-hmm. or do we get there too quickly and now there's really nowhere to go yeah I think this has hit a good balance of that. There's a lot of room for this character to grow. And I think I think they can do a lot with it. So something I wanted to talk about was this idea of the, quote-unquote, it's a more realistic Batman. That term gets said a lot. To a point now where I think most Batman content that exists, that, oh, that, 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 that comes out nowadays, mm-hmm. is, quote-unquote, a more realistic Batman. So nothing is more annoying to me when I'm, like, watching an interview with the director, and he's like, well, we wanted to make a more realistic Batman. Yeah, I saw that, like, ten years ago <laughs> in the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, right. what you're doing is not this new thing. You're just making an interpretation of Batman. Not to say that you can't have a more realistic Batman. That That's great, have a more realistic Batman. But to call your movie a more realistic Batman feels kind of redundant to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's and, like, and it's really one of those find a new that. talking point things. Like like kind of whenever Eternals was coming out, it's like I got tired of hearing all the talk about diversity, not because I don't think it's important, but because it's like, okay, like we got it. That's what we're talking like. Yeah. So now let's talk about something else instead of just like using the same yeah. buzzwords. So yeah, I can see that we could get tired of hearing it, about a more realistic a Batman. And right. it's being used as an excuse for like, oh man, how are they going to introduce Killer Croc? And it doesn't really fit in this universe. It's a more realistic Batman. Well, shut up. Just, let <laughs> just do it. How yeah. about just do it? But like, that's, that's I, kind I, of the thing though. Like the, the, the Nolan movies kind of were, you know, on film were this kind of beginning of the more realistic Batman. Like that's kind of like what we've done with Batman ever since. Exactly. And even in comic books and things like that, it's like there's a lot of more realistic Batman stories and like there's room for more realistic Batman. The character himself can be grounded and gritty and also fight a big crocodile man and it still be cool. Like literally I'm watching movies where my some of my favorite movies ever, the MCU, where you have one that's Winter Soldier and it's a spy thriller. Right, but then also he fights a big purple man right. later on. Like, and the character himself can still be a grounded character. Yeah. Um. So that's a big argument that's being brought up now is because it's like, what are they going to do for the sequels? Oh, I don't think I, don't, I can't imagine a Killer Croc in this universe. Why not? Just put on, just do it. That's the way I just. How about just do it? What's? But oh, it doesn't fit this universe. Why not? There's a man. You want to do a more realistic Batman? Okay, he goes out to fight crime and he gets shot in the face and now he's dead <laughs> if you want to do your like realistic batman like like, like yeah let's let's do this super realistic and it's basically the movie super with rain wilson yeah exactly and that doesn't go great <laughs> shut up crime 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So That's like funny. if ba- okay, if Batman was actually realistic, then then like we would already have a Batman in the real world. But we right. don't. So how about you just put Mr. Freeze in the movie and not make him Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> <laughs> And like that, well, that's the thing. It's like, oh, I think you could do a more grounded Mr. Freeze. Like, what if instead of a freeze gun, he like just paralyzes people with serum? Like, no, how about just give him a freeze gun? Mm-hmm. That'd be so cool. Absolutely. No, I, I think that that's just my opinion. I'm fine with with Batman being you know doing grounded stories, but yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Like his best villains are not. You know, a lot of his best villains are not grounded in the normal. Joker is not grounded. Right. <laughs> in anything except craziness. No, they, they made one movie where he was like a grounded character. Not every Joker has to be like that now. And the comic books fell into that trap. After the Heath Ledger Joker, every comic book was like, oh man, we gotta make him look like that. And you don't. It's great if you do, sure, but you, you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing. It's like, oh, are they going to introduce the larger universe? Are they going to introduce Superman? They can't introduce Superman. How can Superman exist in this universe? I don't know. They do in the comics. In the comic books, Superman exists and Batman exists at the same time. Yep. Right. Right now in the MCU, freaking Punisher exists and also a raccoon that fires machine guns. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You can do these things. There's room for this. And I don't know if they're going to introduce a larger world. The DC universe is a mess. I've stopped really thinking about it. As an entity. As an entity. Yeah, it's just its own universe. I don't want to see. And they're kind of already fallen into that trap because they've announced a Penguin show. And they've got this GCPD show they've announced. Yeah. For HBO, if you didn't know. Which are taking place in this universe. So I was explaining this to a coworker the other day. I was like, okay, so here's what's going on with DC. And I just want, I'm not going to do it here because I, I think you guys get it. But let's like, here's all, just, just in Batman, here's all the different Batman projects going on right now. There's a Batwoman show, and there's going to be a Batgirl show, which takes place in the Batman 89 universe. Also, <laughs> Batman 89 is going to show up in the Flash universe. But we don't know if that's actually the same Batman that's now going to be this Batman that's in the Batgirl show. Also, they made this movie – I mean this Batgirl movie. Also, they made this movie called The Batman, which has nothing to do with any of that. And they're making a TV show, GCPD, which is in the Batman universe. Also, The Penguin, which is in the Batman universe. But none of this has anything to do with Gotham, that show that ended a couple years ago. Like, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and we still have Aquaman coming, which now – doesn't even fit anywhere. It looks like um, the Flash may be well and oh, truly I think, dead. I think the Flash is. I, I I think that might be the that might show might literally be getting the axe now. That movie. I, I it like, looks like pretty much everything that Ezra Miller was contingent on him may be done. Oh God, oh my God! I didn't even think about the Ezra Miller stuff going into the show. Yeah. yeah. Woo! <laughs> well, at least we're getting to see Michael Keaton again in that Batgirl movie. Right. Which is the only reason I wanted to see that Flash movie. Right, yeah. I mean, that was the best thing about the Flash movie, as far as what we were hearing, were the things they were adding in, like Keaton. Yeah. I. Oh, my God. I mean, at this point, they either scrapped the whole thing or they recast. and then But they then they'd have to reshoot everything, and it just... <laughs> it just sounds to me like it's time to, to put a bullet in this one. This Flash movie was announced, like, what, 2013? 
probably a long time ago. Like they've been working on this really since the beginning of the Snyderverse. Mm-hmm. Man, is there another? Is there another Wonder Woman sequel conf- announced yet? Or I don't. Think I don't so, think right? so. Oh, it's Wonder Woman. That reminds me. So in this movie, Batman has a theme. You've probably heard it's a theme from the trailers. It's a very, very good theme. I think this is my probably my biggest criticism of the movie. It's a very good theme. It gets played way too much. <laughs> the same way that I was mad about Wonder Woman's theme, like every time she did anything, it was like yeah. The same every time Batman does anything in this movie, that theme starts. Yeah, like he can't take a piss without that theme playing. <laughs> that was the thing with Wonder Woman. It seemed like it was like the most mundane thing. There comes that music again. Yeah, and the problem was like in the middle of an action scene. Like, if she does something for 10 seconds, we're going to play that theme for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then it'll go back to the other stuff. So the same, they did the same thing with this Batman movie, and that was... Ugh. Oh, also, I haven't talked about the Riddler. So, I like the riddles. Everything mm-hmm. else, I think he was a good villain, not what I wanted to see from a Riddler. Hmm. Still a good villain, though. Okay. If that and I don't want to go too much further into that without spoiling it, but I think he was a good villain. If I think of him as just basically like a new character, um, other than the Riddles. I mean, the um, Riddlers one like have have they've never really done the Riddler justice on the big screen, have they? No, they did. They did Jim Carrey, right? Which was just the just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. Yeah, which I can always appreciate, but that was not my ideal Riddler, certainly. <laughs> and then. No, the best Riddler was Gotham's Riddler. I oh, thought the for, Riddler for sure. on Gotham was awesome. Yeah, was that's what great. I wanted to see, in the, and it's not It's not that. It's not that. Yeah. Certainly. Which I think you can tell that from the trailers, that it's not that. Right. Um, so I don't think I'm spoiling too much there, but it's still a good character. Yeah, that's fair. Sometimes it... So I actually, I was reading... Um, I was reading something that... Brian Sanderson wrote right after the Wheel of Time, the first episode of the Wheel of Time premiered. And he basically said, you know, I don't think of this as a, a direct adaption of the books. It's, I think of it as its own thing. You know, it's like the, the wheel's turning again and the story is, you know, happening again. So this is just another. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's helpful to think of things that way, you know, to think of it as like, it's not, you know, it's, it's, a character named the Riddler, and as long as you don't have too many ideas about what you want that to be, sometimes you can be happier. Yeah, exactly. And and I have to accept that with a lot of characters in comic books. I've had to accept that with Batman himself in the past. I'm accepting that with Batman right now. Like I've said, this is not the ideal Batman. But it's I can still appreciate it. It's still good. Mm-hmm. I've I've sort of I don't know. I, I'm an angry fan. I'm, I, I definitely can go on my rants. I just did. But when it comes to the actual movie itself, I like to think I'm always able to find something to appreciate in it, even mm-hmm. in the bad superhero movies. I, yeah. I like the show. I like watching the Joel Schumacher Batman movies because I can find something to appreciate in them. But I, that being said, I'm definitely not going to see Morbius, for example, because I don't think there's any way I'm going to like anything in that movie. Just a just a FYI. Uh, yeah, I mean, I might watch it like if it pops up on a uh, streaming service. Streaming we already service pay for. That I, yeah, that I already pay for. But yeah, um, that movie looks awful. But it looks bad. I haven't heard a review from anyone that just loved it, and most people really hated it. 
Yeah, most people really hated it. It sounds real bad. They should have fu- Disney probably that was a that's in the Sony verse, right? Uh, well, is it? I don't know because in the okay, okay, okay. Do you care about do you care, do you guys care about spoilers for Mobius? You no, no. Okay, if dear dear audience, if you care about spoilers for Morbius, here's your warning. So. Is it in the Sunnyverse? I don't know because in the trailer they had that thing where he mentions Venom. He's like, "I'm Venom. I'm just kidding, Doctor Michael Morbius." And the, oh wait, no, they, they 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 keep that. They keep that in the movie apparently, but they cut out all the scenes of Michael Keaton. Oh, that were in the trailer, except for the end credit scene is Michael Keaton is magically teleported into the world. Hmm. Out of nowhere. We don't know how that happened. Whatever. Then suddenly he gets a vulture suit, meets up with Michael Morbius, says, hey, I think Spider-Man has something to do with this. I don't know how I got here, but uh, we got to go after Spider-Man. And that's the end of the movie. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So is there a Spider-Man in this universe? Because if that's the case, Venom's also in this universe. But Venom, at the end of No Way Home, had no idea who Spider-Man was. Because right. he was like Spider-Man, never heard of a Spider-Man before, implying that there's no Spider-Man in the Venom universe. Right. But now, Vulture is telling Morbius, we need to go after Spider-Man, implying there is a Spider-Man in that universe to go after. But hmm. who is that? Is it Andrew Garfield? People have been clamoring for that because all of a sudden, everybody likes Andrew Garfield. Because that's the interpretation you get from Twitter is that people all of a sudden like Amazing Spider-Man to, right. I, in my opinion... I see it I call, I call it the prequels effect where people have always liked the prequels it's just now it's talked about more so it seems like all of a sudden people are liking the prequels yeah when in reality people have always liked the prequel the Star Wars prequels I'm saying by the way yeah yeah I think there's people, I think there's some of that with the Andrew Garfield stuff I think part of it is that everybody really likes Andrew Garfield and I think yes. people just really wanted those movies to be amazing. The first and ironically, one, they're not. The first one I really enjoyed. The second one, I enjoyed Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man in spite of the fact that he was too old. I enjoyed... I agree. But there were a lot of things about those movies that I did not enjoy. But I think a lot of people... I think a lot of people kind of fell in that camp where they enjoyed Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man so they would like to see justice done to his mm-hmm. Spider-Man interpretation. So that's how I feel about him, and I guess so. Like, I think Andrew Garfield himself said, "Oh, I'm glad Amazing Spider-Man three is trending, but where were you guys in 2012?" Uh huh. Right. And my re- my response to that is, "Uh, we were in the theater watching your crappy movie. Like, <laughs> we we did the movie was not good. No, we want Amazing Spider-Man three to be made because we like you. You're really good as Spider-Man." And I think people have always liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. That's yeah. not a new thing. Yeah. It's just now it's being talked about more because of his appearance in No Way Home. And so it causes this perception that all of a sudden people are bandwagoning and they like Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. But I've, I've always loved Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I just didn't like that movie. Right. Right. I think Which was a really real... unfortunate conundrum. Yeah. I think yeah. the real question with the... With the Sony verse right now is which version, like which version of the Sony verse will they introduce Miles Morales into? 
Yeah, because I would love to see Miles Miles in the MCU, but now I think it's very possible that it'll be a Sony thing. Yeah. And Sony can have their own Spider-Man. I think that's where they're going. I'm just curious, like, will they introduce him? Will you know? Will they somehow make the Andrew Garfield, you know, version of the the universe the same one Venom's in, or will they they do something else? Or you know, I think I think Toby is, I think Toby's an interesting one because I think people would love to revisit that version of the Sony verse, and I think that you're not really looking to make more Spider-Man movies with Toby Maguire. with Tobey Maguire, but Tobey Maguire would be a great age to pass the torch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm real curious to see exactly what they decide to do there. Cause I really would like to see Miles Morales in the, in the MCU as well, but I'm also kind of skeptical of how much further, how much more into bed does Kevin Feige really want to get with Sony? And how much more does Sony want? How many more of their proprietary characters do they really want to let go? Right. But I mean, the thing is, is like, we're not even guaranteed to ever see Spider-Man in the MCU again. Yeah. Like that could have been it. That was yeah. a hell of a way to go out though. That was a great movie. Yeah. And if, if that was a way to go out, I'd be like, okay. They definitely wrote it that way. Yeah. Oh, man. We're getting a Craven the Hunter movie. So we built into the Sinister Six, but that's weird. So the Sinister Six is going to be what? Morbius, who I thought was supposed to be an anti hero. Vulture, who at the end of Homecoming was like a good guy or something and like was cool with Spider Man. Venom, who is also an anti hero. Craven the Hunter. And then who are the other two? I don't know. I also had the thought what about what if they do this? What if they do a Sinister Six movie, but instead of fighting Spider Man, they fight Venom? That could oh. be interesting. That could it's be just a superhero. Yeah, that could be real interesting. But except in this post-credit scene with Morbius, the Vulture mentions going after Spider-Man. I'm I'm still I still don't know exactly what Sony's doing, <laughs> and uh, their their ability to make a movie without Marvel has been limited. You know they they've hit some home runs and they've made some real stinkers. I know that Sam Raimi just did an interview where he said he'd love to do another. Spider-Man movie. I'd love to see a Craven's Last Hunt movie with Tobey Maguire. That'd be freaking amazing. Yeah, I mean... What were you going to say? Oh, what was I going to say? Um, so, okay, but what would you say was the last home run that Sony did that didn't involve Marvel? Spider-Verse. Into the okay, Spider-verse. into the Spider-Verse. I forgot about Into the Spider-Verse is an amazing movie. It is. It is. I was thinking I was just thinking live action. I was like, so what's the last yeah. good thing they did? Venom. Amazing Spider-Man Venom, okay. People so they, liked Venom more than they liked the sequel from my understanding. Okay. Yeah, it's not that it's been all bad. It's just that they kind of like they seem to re- they've been hard, they've been stuck on this Sinister Six thing for several years now, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. they don't really seem to know exactly how to proceed with it, especially mm-hmm. since they turned around and tied Spider-Man up right? with Marvel. Yeah. And Kevin Feige is still over there. Like, he's like, oh yeah, it's all the same world. It's, it's, it's all good. And as soon as Sony pulls Spider-Man away, they're going to go, yeah, all that stuff they're doing over there, just ignore Their it. Own thing. Or you just go with, it's part of the multiverse. Well, I mean, he, he can always say that, us. but I mean, like he can he can distance himself from it at yeah. that point. Yeah. 
He's like, that's the part of the multiverse we don't talk about. Yeah. We don't talk about... You know, a lot of people saying, like, oh, Sam Raimi's making this multiverse of madness thing. We're totally going to see something from the Sam... From the Raimi universe. And I would say yes, except for Marvel does not want to have another Sony thing popping up that they have to pay Sony any kind of money for. Yeah. Like, what you just said, how much further do they want to get in bed? Do they want to make a deal with Sony to where they have... Toby Maguire show up in Multiverse of Madness. I don't. I don't think so. I don't, I think yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think if they can avoid Sony as much as possible, they're going to. Um, so that would, that would be awesome. I would love. Would to I see love that, to see but... Toby Maguire in Multiverse of Madness? Yes. Honestly, I think there's going to be go- too much happening in Multiverse of Madness to even think about having a Spider-Man show up. Anyway, that's true. And we just got Spider-Man with Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, we did. And, and this, I mean, this movie's going to be absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patrick Stewart's in it. <laughs> we don't even, I mean, I think we're just going to be. Did you say Patrick Stewart's in it? Yeah. Oh, what? you know? How did I miss that? It's in the trailer. He speaks. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We heard the and voice. And then in an interview he did for Picard, he just straight up was like, yeah, I can't believe people figured it out. That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> Like, have you never met a nerd? Well, it's also yeah. one of the most distinct voices in, in. Yes, yes, one of the for sure. So it's like it's like if Morgan Freeman showed up and said something in your trailer, and everybody went, "That's Morgan Freeman." Well, that's Morgan Freeman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lucius Fox is is in the MCU now. Exactly. Now <laughs> we know. That's so, a deep cut. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, yeah, that Multiverse of Madness movie is going to be absolutely insane. Those little the TV spots they've been dropping are mm-hmm. completely nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know what some of the things that look like they're fighting with Doctor Strange, like fighting on his side, are. Uh, I don't know if there's something from the Dark Hole or what. But there's some. Dude, I got nothing. When when is that actually releasing? May sixth. May sixth. Okay, so soon. Yeah, real soon. About a month from now. Cool. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Um, personally, I'd like to see a Doctor Strange movie where... This is how I felt about No Way Home as well. I want to see a Doctor Strange movie where he like fights Nightmare and like says, like, cast spells like like it's Harry Potter. Like I, mm-hmm. I want to see that. I hope we get to see that in the next one. But for now, this will be really cool. Yeah, but uh, speaking of Marvel trailers, uh, let's let's while we're in the superhero world, let's let's talk about the Miss Marvel trailer that came out. Miss Marvel comes out pretty soon as well, I think. Was it was it June? Maybe I think it's either the end of May or early June. Yeah, yeah. So we got that Miss Marvel trailer. Uh, it came out a while oh, ago. I, now. I'm sorry, it comes out on May 25th. Oh, nice. So nice. Because they, I, I, I should have known that because that was the release date for Kenobi. Yeah, that's right. And they bumped Kenobi uh, to the twenty seventh, mm. and put Miss Marvel on Wednesday and Kenobi on Friday. Okay, that's going to be an eventful week. Much to the indignation of the Star Wars nerds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sort of understandable. Like, 
so May twenty fifth. Aren't they dropping both episodes at the same like, as a consultation? You get the first. Two you're getting the first Kenobi two episodes. Yeah, I mean, like May twenty fifth is the anniversary. The anniversary of a new uh, is the forty fifth anniversary of a new hope. So that was part of the hype about dropping it on the twenty fifth. Was it's on the anniversary? Yeah. So but who's I gonna under- watch Mitch Marvel if Kenobi comes out the same I, day? That's the problem. Not all the people. Yeah. I think I, I wouldn't I think that's the problem. You drop Kenobi on that day and Miss Marvel is a footnote. Mm-hmm. And so now they've got it where it's coming it'll be out two days earlier every week, and so they're a lot more likely to get because most people are gonna watch it in the first two days. And so, you know, Kenobi comes out on Friday, then they can get more than one bump instead of having him compete. Well, and this is a character there. This isn't like some of the other characters. I mean, Moon Knight's kind of this way too. They have to sell this character to people. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and, and they have to sell, they have to sell Miss Marvel without the added benefit of Oscar Isaac playing the lead role. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But person, and, and honestly, I, I think it looks good from what I saw on Twitter. Now I, I've learned that, Twitter is not, what I see on Twitter is not necessarily what is actually the consensus, you know, but it, people seem to not be digging this trailer as much as I did. See, but that's the thing is like it? a lot of people were just not happy about this trailer. I don't really get it. I thought it looked like a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely geared a little more to kids. Which is great. There's not enough of that in the MCU. They should be doing that on the TV, on you know, on the Disney Plus stuff. Um, both of my kids, or all three of my kids, but particularly my two girls, were grinning from ear to ear the whole trailer. I think it just looks like a lot of fun. It does. She looks very likable. Um, and that's the other thing. Like this is a total like this is her first thing ever. Yeah, and, you know, playing this role, and, and it looks like she's done a a fantastic job. And the fun thing is, like, if she is as good as it looks like she may be, she can play this role for as long as she wants to. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. She can go for a long time. Ten years from now, we could have Miss Marvel leading the Avengers. Yeah, that's yeah. not an that's not like an a completely uh, impossible thing. Like. Miss Marvel's going to be an Avenger one day, and, and I think that's great. And I think she looks very likable, relatable, like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. She seems like a fun character to get to know and to watch go on adventures. Yeah. I'm anxious to see if, I mean, we, we've got all these younger characters that we're introducing, and I'm I'm curious, which one is it that they've got to drop into place before they announce a Young Avengers movie? Because we know that's coming. Uh, yeah, I think that's just going to be the next Avengers you think so? It's, yeah, it's the next like title Avengers movie is going to be Young Avengers. I did like the, the line in the. I don't know if you saw the. Have you if you've seen all the TV spots for Doctor Strange? But like, I yeah, did. he's like tell, talking to Wanda and says, "I need another Avenger," and she's like, "Well, there are other Avengers," and he says, eh, "Let's get you back out there. Let's get you back on the <laughs> lunchbox." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, what are, are the Avengers right now? Hopefully something like she. Hopefully Miss Marvel will answer that question. Maybe let's hope. Maybe Miss Marvel will literally have a lunchbox that has the current Avengers on it. Um, when we know oh, that, that would be fun. 
that Wong and Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner are working together as some sort of Avengers thing. The Avengers is a pretty vague concept right now. Yeah, it's not a, and, and that's kind of fine because there's not a there's not a there's not a threat big enough for them to come together, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the next Avengers movie, call it New Avengers, have Sam Wilson's Captain America leading it. There's some sort of big threat. He gets people like. I don't know. Maybe there's just there's this guy swinging around called Spider Man. Uh, let's see what let's see if we can get his help. Nobody knows he's Peter Parker. You can have that aspect play into it. You got War Machine. You got She Hulk, Captain Marvel, or 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 Monica Rambo if Captain Marvel is just gonna stay in space doing her own thing, yeah. or Miss Marvel if you want to. There's a lot of options you can go that 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 are really cool. And you've got the new Avengers, and I think that would be great. And then do Young Avengers. Heck, no, Spider-Man's too big to put in a Young Avengers movie. You're going to have to put Spider-Man in, a, in an Avengers movie. But it'd be cool if Spider-Man led the Young Avengers. I mean, that's that that seems like a pretty likely scenario if, again, if Marvel wants to continue to pay for Spider-Man, he seems like the front runner for the leader of the Young Avengers. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. I'd love to see him in a leadership role. At this point in mm-hmm. his life, but um, yeah. So Miss Marvel, Marisha, what do you think of the Miss Marvel trailer? I mean, I think it looks like fun. I think they're kind of going with some interesting, you know, kind of style choices with kind of like the, the animated, you know, the horns and the, mm-hmm. you know, the text bubbles and things like that. Which is straight from the comics, right? Don't oh, they do sure. stuff like that in the comics with her? Yes, they do a lot of stuff like that in the comics, and they're very creative with that kind of thing. Yeah. In the com- it's a very creative, interesting, fun book to read, which is always great to see from a comic book. And it looks like they're translating that, which I appreciate. Yeah. And so, I mean, it just looks like it's going to be fun. It looks like, and like you said, she seems to be really a really capable actress. And for these characters that are running, that are that are looking at running for years, you know, they don't necessarily want to continue to you know, snag actors when they're in their late forties, you know, or yeah. even their, their early, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. was what, 42 when he did Iron Man or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So it's kind of one of those things where characters that you want to run for the next 10 or 15 years, you know, I'm, I'm just, I don't really know what people saw in the trailer that they disliked so much. There's a big. There's a lot of talk about her powers. I, I have seen that that a lot of people are really upset about him changing her powers. I, I do have a theory on that. I, that we've got this movie coming out called The Marvels, that's going to be <laughs> her, Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel, and her because in the I guess she's an Inhuman, correct? In the comics, yes, she's an Inhuman. So I don't know. We don't know really what route they're going with how she's going to get her powers in this universe. I don't guess, but I, you know, everything with Captain Marvel, Monica Rambo, they're all those. It's all energy based powers, mm-hmm. and her powers didn't quite from the comics don't quite line up with that. You know, with that same theme, and I, I think because they're planning on doing this movie with the three of them together, they wanted the powers to line up more. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's exactly what it is. And, and also, I also, you know, they, 
we're also fixing to get Reed Richards. And what was the deal with the fist, though? Like, the fist looked like it was doing weird things. Like, and well, they, they, okay. the magical disconnecting fist or something. Like, what's so with that? Her powers are she can stretch, sort of, sort of like Reed Richards. She can, she can morph, she can grow. And so, one of her common moves is she grows a big fist and punches you. Okay. So, this is sort of an interpretation of that, but as this cosmic based thing. Okay. A lot of people did not like that at all. They really wanted to see Stretchy. And like you said, <laughs> Andrew, we're about to get the Stretchy guy in Marvel. We're about right. to get Reed Richards. So I could see that as a – personally, I don't think that that should be a reason to change your powers. But I could see why you would want to do that. And also I think you're right. They're just trying to make it fit in better with this Marvels thing they got going. Yeah. Do I think it was 100% necessary? No. But I guess they were looking for a way to explain her powers without making her an inhuman because they're not sure if they even want to touch inhumans ever again right now. Mm-hmm. Although I, there is a rumor about, uh, was it Black Bolt showing up in yep. uh, in Doctor Strange? Right, about about well, Captain Pike himself, uh, uh, Anson Mount, showing up because uh, he, he was Black Bolt in that crappy TV show, but apparently he was really good in it. And yeah, that's a room that he could be on the Illuminati. That'd be awesome. I'd actually really like to see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess with this Miss Marvel, they just didn't want to. It's like Scarlet Witch, where they're kind of playing fast and loose with their powers. Like, is she an Inhuman? I think in like I don't know, ten years, five years, if they choose to do Inhumans, they'll be like, actually, she was an Inhuman the whole time, and the <laughs> man just awoken her power. You know. Yeah. Retcons and such, but you know. She's still, no, she's not stretching, but she still does the big fist thing. Like, I think I think they're showing that clearly they're going to do an interpretation of those powers, and it doesn't bother me that much. Now that being said, I'm not like the biggest fan of her in the world, but for example, my girlfriend is. My girlfriend has read every Miss Marvel comic book. She's a huge fan, and she thinks it's fine. She thinks it's great. She she's still ha- she's happy with the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I you know Marvel has tweaked characters power sets to fit the mcu from the from the beginning Mm -hmm. absolutely you know we we've been constantly tweaking characters backstories and how they got their powers and because they all need to fit within this universe and and i i really it really doesn't bother me whatever their reason for deciding to do it was and i still think it was because they wanted it to match the other Marvel's power sets. I'm I'm okay with it, but again, I've never read a single one of the comic books. But I was aware of how, how her powers worked, and it doesn't bother me at all that they tweaked it. And it still looks like, to some extent, it's doing the same thing. It's just the source is different. Well, Marisha, any, any final thoughts on the Miss Marvel trailer before we move on to the uh, Star Trek trailer? No, I mean, I just think it looks like fun. I'm excited for the show. I think it's going to be a really great one, especially to watch with the kids. Um, they've, I think yeah. they're only kind of enjoying Moon Knight. Oh, my little sister's going to love this show. Yeah, exactly. Like they, um, they really liked Stargirl, you know. Yeah. It, it is very Stargirl, and I really enjoyed Stargirl. So. I um, think it's going to be a hit. All right, yeah, but uh, speaking of uh, of Anson Mount, Black Bolt, and I'm not, I'm not, messing that up right he does play captain pike right yes okay okay making sure that i I wasn't (laughs) screwing that up we got a trailer for strange new worlds start the new star trek show about captain pike number one spock and now 
we know that a young Captain Kirk, we don't know to what extent, but we know a young Captain Kirk, or I guess just James T. Kirk, is going to be in this show, played by the guy from Vampire Diaries, whose name is now escaping my mind. Paul Wesley. Paul West, thank you. I was thinking Stefan, because that's his name in Vampire Diaries. <laughs> it sounds like Stefan. It's not Stefan. It's not Stefan. I'm... I, I, I haven't watched Vampire Diaries. I just, like, am aware of it from a cultural thing. My favorite type of YouTube video is four-hour-long retrospective about a TV show I've never seen. So Naturally. Those are a lot of fun if you've never tried it. I um, I am. I've never seen Ben 10 before. I'm an expert because I just watch these, like, random four-hour-long retrospectives about Ben 10. That's um, funny. And, Anyway, yeah, he's been cast as a as a young James T. Kirk, which, you know, funny enough, and, and this doesn't really bother me, I just think it's funny, uh, I looked it up. Paul Wesley is older than William Shatner was when William Shatner first started playing Kirk. See, that's what I was thinking. As he's like 38, and I'm like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. That seems awfully young to pick up prequel Kirk. You mean awfully old to pick awfully up? Awfully old, yeah. Awfully yeah. old to pick up. Right. Because the version that William Shatner was playing is older than this version. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all very odd. I'm not sure what I... I, I just... He's kind of youthful looking, I guess. I don't know. I think you're kind of borrowing trouble by trying to put Kirk in this. I agree with you. I, th- I like the idea of just the, those like Spock... Pike and number one. Yeah. No I, need to touch Kirk. Spock's right. enough, you know? Well, that that was really kind of what I was, you know, it was like, I really thought this was going to kind of be the other version of the story and we just wouldn't have Kirk. And, right. but then they just couldn't help themselves. And mm-hmm. I hope it's fine. Like the guy doesn't really seem to have the Kirk swagger to me, but he does not look anything. Like yeah. Kirk to me. Okay, and it's an, it's another one of those things where they really, really, whenever they cast Chris Pine as uh, Kirk, you know, for for the Kelvin movies, it's like it was it was a good it was a good call. He pulled off the swagger, like he didn't, you know, he didn't have he didn't really as much look like him or sound like him, especially, but he had that same swagger going on. It's like, you did really well with this. Like, why, why do we want to do it again? I don't know. Yeah. You got lucky. The first You got time. lucky enough that you pulled off a Kirk and a Spock that everyone liked well enough to go see three movies with them. Like how yeah. much more do you, you like, do you really want to continue to try and, and re, yeah recast these iconic characters again but yeah i mean just me. but i mean it might it might be great i mean pike turned out to be great but also no offense to pike not nearly as iconic a character as captain kirk right at least not yet i'm hoping that this show because okay I, I didn't watch discovery uh but apparently he was like by far the best part of discovery whenever he was in it yeah i think that's that why, was that's why that's why we're getting the show I, I i from what i've seen i think that spock looks great you know it's it's kind of a weird thing where I, when i see the stills the character design just photos the the promo stuff they're putting out there i go why that looks 
why, why, why so many weird choices with the character designs? But when I watch the trailer, I don't notice those things as bad. And I, and I've actually mostly enjoyed the trailers. So hopefully it's good enough that the character design stuff they've gone for doesn't bother me. Now, the yeah. thing is, they've cast James T. Kirk for season two, apparently. They haven't even aired season one yet. Right. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so this is... Yeah, season two is already shooting. This is casting... I guess they're pretty confident in it since they're already shooting season two before they even finish filming season one. I mean, it's going on their streaming service, so it's... Yeah. You know, that's kind of the deal these days with a lot of the streaming shows is the the... They're making a two, three, four season commitment out the gate. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, it, it is Star Trek and it's characters that have always been fairly popular. I'm really excited about this show, the prospect of this show. I kind of really hope, though, that they don't kind of go the same direction as Picard and stray a long ways from the feel of Star Trek. This looks kind of like the opposite of that, which is what I'm hoping for, like with yeah. the trailers and everything. I think it looks very Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hoping to see, that was sort of my thing with Discovery as well, as we watched, we, we were like, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to And it was just so like soap opera in space yeah. going on. I just, I got tired of the soap opera element. I was like, I'm not, I'm not here to, I don't watch Star Trek. If I want to watch a soap opera, I'm going to go watch Bridgerton. I'm not going to sit here and watch a Star Trek soap opera. I'm just not interested. If you want to watch a soap opera in space, you just rewatch Stargate Universe Season 1. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Guys, I got a pitch. All right, so Grey's Anatomy, right? (laughs) Okay. In space. Grey's Anatomy. In Star Trek, it's... It's about... It's a prequel about Bones. You following me? I'm following you. Yeah. On yep. a on a on a medical space station like a like a hospital. Yeah. And it's Bones in his early years as a, as a as like an intern like a like a resident. Yeah. And it's Grey's Anatomy, but in, in space. space. <laughs> now that I might would actually watch. That that might actually. But then again, you know, again, it's one of those things like you already had Keith Urban, you know, recast as wrong wrong Urban. Not wrong. <laughs> Uh, no the other australian famous australian urban yeah no um but no he was so great carl urban was so great as bones so how you know how do you run the risk of but that would that would definitely be uh you could get nurse chapel in there she's real young (laughs) uh and maybe a slightly less short skirt but we still have to make sure we have the beehive, right? Nurse Chapel is a Nurse Chapel without the beehive. <laughs> For sure. I agree. I can't think of any other characters. I was like, oh, maybe a maybe a child Pulaski, but I don't know if that timeline lines up. Hmm. Um, I don't know how old Pulaski was supposed to be. Yeah. Also, I don't think anyone wants to see Pulaski again. <laughs> but anyway, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll get that together. I'll send that to, uh, to CBS. But um, Perfect. Sounds like uh, a good pitch. Back to this. The actual trailer itself, uh, what did you what did you think about the trailer, Andrew? I enjoyed the trailer. I, it, it feels Star Trek. You know, it feels more Star Trek than anything we've had lately. I agree. What about you, Marisha? Did you see the trailer? I did see the trailer. I, I can't decide how I feel about it. I think it's, I do like the, it's pretty. 
Um, the bridge is awesome. They've done a, I feel like they've done a really good job. It's a little more like OG Star Trek than, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Kelvin Star Trek was very streamlined in white and they, they've got like the red door and they've got some things that kind of are, are a lot more S Star Trek, the original series. So I appreciate that. I was less enthusiastic about it after the second trailer than I was after the first trailer. I'm still optimistic about it because I'm still excited for the prospect of something that could be a little more, a little more Star Trek yeah. feeling than anything else we've gotten lately. I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. Like the first trailer I love, the, I really love the first trailer. Mm -hmm. Second trailer is it's okay. There's nothing in it that just makes me go, this is going to be amazing. But it feels Star Trek enough that I'm still intrigued to see what they're doing. Yeah. That's pretty much how I feel about it. I'm intrigued and I'm happy with it all. And I'm going to watch it. I didn't watch Discovery, but I'm going to watch this one. Yeah, I'm going to watch this one for sure. Which would make this the first new Star Trek show that I'm actually going to watch. This is the so. one I was excited about when they announced it. I, I've been... I was excited about Discovery when they announced it, but was quickly um, disenchanted with it. I just, and, and maybe it got better. I just didn't enjoy the episodes that I watched. Discovery? Discovery, yeah. It didn't get better. It got worse. So I'm hoping Aren't that. Aren't they like in the, like 400 years past the next generation now? Or yeah, something more? like that. They're like in the far future. Yeah. Like the Federation has fallen apart now or something like that, right? Because heaven forbid we have optimistic sci-fi, we got to bring the dystopia back. Well, yeah, they, yeah. they kind of took some strange out there ideas. And I, my biggest problem is, is with things like that is that they removed themselves from this vision, from, from Roddenberry's vision of this bright future for humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like optimism is something we desperately need culturally right now. There's and, and not that not that I don't enjoy me some dystopian sci-fi sometimes, but we don't need Star Trek to be that. Yeah, I would agree with you. And there's a way to do a darker Star Trek, like yeah. Deep Space Nine is the right. best example of that. That is that Deep Space Nine does not fit Roddenberry's vision, but. The way I've heard it described is, like, if you want to reach Roddenberry's vision, you're going to have to break a couple necks along the way. So yeah, there's kind of a way to, to do that and, and still feel very Star Trek and Discovery from what I saw. Also, just the writing in general did not seem very good from everything I saw. The second I saw a clip of someone go, this is the power of math, people. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it's... Like I'm never watching this show. <laughs> yeah. Alex Kurtzman does not seem like my kind of guy. No, the the stuff that he's done on TV so far has has been pretty tragic. Um, and from my understanding, he knows like nothing about Star Trek. No, I, I don't think he does. He only got the job because he was somehow involved. You know, he, he was somehow involved with the the stuff that that Bad Robot did. Oh, uh, Abrams Company. Yeah, with the uh, with the the with their Star Trek stuff is kind of how he got his you know got so much control here. Even though those were one hundred percent, or the first two were one hundred percent J.J. Abrams' vision and didn't have anything to do with Kurtzman. Mm -hmm. Well, 
This show looks good, though. It does. To me, I, I, I'm excited to see what they do with oh, it. Oh, he wrote the he wrote Amazing Spider-Man two. That's where, that's where I've heard the name. That's I couldn't think like what is it that he's done that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Oh, he's done a lot of stuff with J.J. Abrams, though. Yep. Amazing Spider-Man. Like too. he was a he was a writer on Star Trek, Cowboys and Aliens, Fringe. I think he did. I think he was. I think he mostly did Fringe. So oh, yeah. I like Fringe. I enjoyed Fringe. Fringe again, like a lot of sci-fi. I didn't necessarily love everywhere it went at the end. Like it got weird. That last season was weird, but I I really enjoyed Fringe. Oh, he wrote that Mummy movie that. No one talked about With Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That movie. <laughs> remember the remember the, the 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 Universal's Dark Universe. Yeah. With I Frankenstein. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah, he's had some hits and some misses. But yeah, yeah. Apparently, somehow he became sort of the Lord of Star Trek over there. And uh, so far, I don't love everything he's done, but I guess we'll have to see. Oh, he wrote Jack of All Trades. It just really... Three episodes of Jack of All Trades. Wow, he started writing like Hercules and Xena back in the day. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. Alex Kurtzman in a nutshell. But yeah, Alex, he, if you want to come on the show for an interview, we're always open. Uh, yes. You can email us at thesciencefictionary at gmail.com. And we'll uh, totally not say any ugly things to you while you're here. No. We'll not say any not. ugly things that, about anything you've ever written. But we will it, talk it, about those Jack of, all, Jack of All Trades episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is really funny when I watch like a YouTuber or a podcaster like, completely demolish something that a creator's done. But then, like a few months later, they've got them on for an interview, and they're like, "Hey, man, good to see." Yeah, no, yeah, oh, I'm really excited for your new work. Like, you see them tactfully avoiding the topic, right? They hate it, or what's even worse, they just shut up, lie, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, no, I love that book." <laughs> yeah. And when you say Jack of All Trades, you are talking the Bruce Campbell yes. TV series, right? Yes. Apparently, he That's he fun. he had a real stint in be television there for a while oh that show's amazing i've never seen it i've just seen the trailer jack of all, all trades right. is kind of think zorro but with bruce campbell he also did Brian <laughs> Zorro. Yeah. that's great yeah bruce campbell's so fun so that's the, that's the other question do we ever decide on who we think bruce campbell's going to show up as in the multiverse of madness he's going to be like a random like taxi driver or something I think he might be a version of Doctor Strange. I really hope that he's a version of Doctor Strange. I haven't convinced myself yet that he's not just going to be the Mater D from, uh, from <laughs> the French from, Major yeah, D, the French yeah. Mater yeah, D from oh, the Spider Man, the Raimi Spider Man movie. So that'd be amazing. This I would say Mysterio, if it's not for the rights of Sony thing again, some sort of version of Mysterio. He might show up as version of nick fury i've speculated before what if instead of tom cruise he's superior iron man (laughs) that would be great Uh, he's good i I mean the thing is he's gonna be in it and i i can't Mm -hmm. wait to see who he's playing i hope it doesn't i hope he doesn't voice a character like remember when um nathan fillion was like 
I think Nathan Finley ended up doing like the voice of a big blue monster in Yeah, the Guardians one that the, the, the one Groot beats up when they first get yeah. put in the jail, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. So which I, I know the stories, you know, he was supposed to be Wonder Man, but yeah, no, uh, yeah the, the I, fact I, that I, they haven't put actually put Nathan Fillion in an MCU movie is, a is tragic. Yeah, I I agree with you, but yeah, uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on any of the stuff we've talked about here tonight, or is there anything else y'all wanted to bring up before we wrap up the show? I don't think so. I, I think that pretty much covers everything I have. Yeah, I think so. We've got we've got things to say about Moon Knight, but we'll say those things tomorrow. Yeah, as always, I could probably keep going for two more hours about random stuff. Don't get me back on my DC rant. <laughs> um, that'll have to be a video on the YouTube channel. Check us out on YouTube, the Science Fictionary on YouTube. Not Science Dictionary. Autocorrect will try to get you to search the Science Dictionary. <laughs> it's not that. Science Fictionary on youtube don't forget to leave us a like a subscribe a review a comment a rating whatever it is you can do on your preferred podcast platform it really helps with the show and it means just the world to us marisha where can people find you on the internet you can find me on instagram at princesses underscore and underscore padawans and andrew all right, uh, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Psy underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at thesciencefictionary at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to check out our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 Podcast Network at Red 5 Network on Twitter. And I am David underscore JG Peoples. My Twitter account on Twitter, that is. And my Twitter account is amazing. So you should definitely follow it. I'm actually really proud of it. I think I tweet some really funny stuff. Yeah, and, you're, you're, um, I don't do much on Twitter these days, but your Twitter account is unfailingly entertaining. Yeah, thank you. I'm very proud. I, I tweeted the other day, you know how you ruin a burger? Put American cheese on it. And Amen. I will stand by that statement forever. Uh, <laughs> here, here. So if you want, you know, real pressing sci-fi matters like that, check me out on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening again. Don't forget, like, subscribe, etc., etc. Live long and prosper.